to McGuire at Texas Tech. And to this uh, to this texture, how does Texas finish above Tech? Because more coaches voted for Texas. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you at that point. Uh, I think the you know I heard. I think it was Don Williams from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal actually was asked about his AP his uh, AP ballot his final AP ballot because he had Texas in there and I don't think he had Tech in there. He was like, well, how can you rank Texas above Texas Tech? And Don's logic was, you know, they finished in sole possession of third place in a Power 5 conference, a really competitive top-to-bottom Power 5 conference, and all of their losses were by one score. All of their losses were by seven points or less. So, And you can say, well, if Jaday Barron doesn't get the fumble return against TCU, then Texas loses that game by 14. Who cares? At the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. Ifs and buts were candy and nuts and something about frogs and having wings or whatever. You know, it doesn't, what? it doesn't matter. It just is what it is. I'm mixing metaphors here, Snoop. Okay, I didn't even know. I heard butts and I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Oh, God, that was really nasty. That All right. Snore. Yeah. I, I, think, bought, I think you need to get that, that the jab. I bought, no. I yeah. bought, oh, I, you know what? When Craig gets in here, I'll bring in what I bought yesterday. Because remember I texted y'all last night which allergy med I should get? So yeah. I'll, I'll show you. What, it'll be on, on the show. Okay. I'm looking oh, forward to it. Can we talk about? One more this, thing I want to get to real quick. Yeah. Uh, there's a Kobe Bryant game-worn jersey from his MVP season, the 07 season, that's hitting the auction block. And it could fetch up to $7 million. That's what is being speculated right now. Sotheby's is hosting this auction. Uh, Sotheby's tells TMZ, it is, quote, the most valuable Kobe Bryant game-worn jersey to ever appear at auction as a Lakers legend, quote, scored a total of 645 points over eight months in this jersey. Kobe in that MVP year averaged 28.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 5.4 assists per game. That was the year the Lakers lost to the Celtics yeah. in the finals. Uh, so this is game-worn, game-used, however you want to put it, and signed by Kobe, a jersey that he wore during his MVP year, the current record for the most expensive piece of Kobe uh, of Kobe memorabilia is a worn autographed jersey from his rookie year, which sold for three point seven million in twenty twenty one. So, if you're a Kobe fan and you got an extra, I don't know, four to seven million dollars laying around, that could be yours. All right, R.I.P. Kobe, R.I.P. G.G. I want to get R.I.P. Everyone else, absolutely. I want to get to this because we were talking about the transfer portal. Snoop was asking me what the transfer portal looked like. I told him I've never seen the transfer portal, so I don't know. But a texter texted in. You're not named texter, so we can't attribute this to anyone specifically other than your phone number, and I won't give that out over the air. We only do that on Twitch, by the way, during breaks. But anyway, texted in and said, it sounds like Snoop thinks the transfer portal is like some set up like some kind of dating app. Yes. And I'm like, here's the te- the specific text. Says, Snoop is making the transfer portal sound like a dating website that you put on your profile in, uh, that you put your profile into. Yes. So basically, and we talked about it during the break, Snoop, you think the transfer portal should function like Tinder? Uh, somewhat. I think you need five. To, you have an option to put in seven pictures of yourself. So you put yourself in a field of flowers, you know, holding an animal, you know. So um, when Hudson Card... Went into the transfer portal. Yes. He should have put a picture of him, like that blue bonnet picture that yes. Bucky took a few years ago. Correct. Legs crossed, smiling, looking at the sky. Like <laughs> he's like, I just, I just want the best for life. And then be like, oh my god, look at this office coordinator coming here. Look at this guy. Look, he's, <laughs> he's like, oh, that could work cool. against you too, though. 
But like, oh, we're, was it swipe left is bad, yes, right is good? Uh-huh, yep. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this defensive lineman. He's, he has a chicken, uh, a turkey bone in his mouth. He's Like uh, a turkey leg? Yeah, yes. Uh, and you know, that's eating one of them giant picture. state fair turkey legs? Click, you keep you keep swiping, you're reading his bio. Okay, this I think we can we can get with this guy. That's uh that's one of my favorite moments of the year on the Texas football beat is doing post game for uh the Red River Showdown. And Mora Ojimo after a forty nine nothing win is doing his post game interviews with us on the concourse, holding a giant turkey leg while Eaten. he's an- while he's answering questions <laughs> about the, the pass rush. I love it. That who's, was memorable. Who's going to do that, that next good. year? We got to have somebody take that. Mantle. I don't know, but man, the inconceivable part of that was OU took because the losing team is supposed to go first. OU took so long getting to the press conference that Texas had to go first, and then we had to do our interviews on the concourse. Where there's all kinds of noise, and people are cleaning up instead of having the room, which the winning team usually does. You have the room to yourself, and you can interview players there. But I digress. Apparently, Brent Venables likes to take a ridiculously long time getting done. Well, with after post-game. a loss. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, he did it after wins too. Apparently, he got that from Dabo Swinney. Apparently, Dabo Swinney does the same thing. Takes just he wants to shower and put his suit on and all that fun oh, stuff. God. Yeah. I, I do. What if y'all are texting? I would love to hear your uh, examples of what you would like to see on the transfer portal. What you know? Snoop is going to build the transfer portal. I am, yes. Like Tinder, NCAA. <laughs> if you're listening, so this is going to be Snoop. Age twenty nine. <laughs> so you got all you working yeah. you were working on Austin Ani's profile yeah. and then he withdrew, so you wasted time on that. Yeah, there we go. Alright, we wasted enough time of the listeners' time. Gotta hit that <laughs> top of the hour break. We'll be back on the other side, hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. From the EPO Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK, KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. Ball don't lie. Talking to Lifetime Longhorn, Brooks Kieschnick. In the middle of a uh, Hour number two, Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe, Snoop Daniel. Snoop, Bebo Lance Jason on your transfer portal idea. He said he envisions the transfer portal more like the space portal from He-Man. Ooh. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but it's just, uh, I get it. Um, where they're disappearing and appearing, yeah. yes. I just picture, like, you remember uh, the portal in Mortal Kombat 2? Yes. I picture it more like that. But when you click on it, then you get all his attributes and the, his and his picture. Of, you know where the the portal takes you, right? I think it take doesn't it take you to Goro? Is that Goro's yeah, lair? Yeah, yes, uh huh. For yeah. and you you fight smoke. Uh huh. Right? Yes, yes. Uh, 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 Shang Tsung is lurking in the background, <laughs> watching and judging. No, that was Mortal Kombat. That's the first one. That's the first Mortal Kombat. Oh. The courtyard. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh god, man. God, Mortal Kombat was so epic. That- it was. It really was. And it really killed off other great. I know we got to talk sports, but. Digitized like, graphics changed the game. Yeah. And before we get too far into a Mortal Kombat <laughs> conversation, here he is, back from the doctor, sore booty and all. What's up, Craig? It's a, uh, it's a well worthwhile sore booty. Let me, How, let me how's your rump you roast? It's. It, it's a little rare. Uh, no, it's it's not bad. It's I sent you guys the photo of that needle. Yeah, and, and I, as as you could have what would you think Snoop's reaction was to the picture of the needle? Well, if you the, had to the, guess, he sent an emoji reaction, which just showed like this horror-stricken, you know, emoji thing. Yeah, uh, three of them. And and I thought about it when she came in to give me the shot. 
I uh, I said, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. heck no, I wouldn't take no picture. Because I, no. I had thought about the fact when Snoop asked if the needle was big, and I was like, eh, nah, nah, nah. I didn't think that much I about it. I remember it being that big. Yeah, and then, and then that came in, and I was like, hold on, hold, hold on. I said, I got to get a picture of this. <laughs> I got to send this because I knew long. Snoop would have uh, quite an appreciation uh, for that. Let me just say this. The needle doesn't go all the way to the stem. Oh, oh okay. You, it kind of gets into the fleshy yeah. part a little bit to allow the magic juice to go to go to work in there. Snoop, no, no. you know what? I, I actually have a great idea. Next, like that would tap my spine. I know, I know. I, you know, it's it's kind of when you first saw it, you think of that that line again from from Fletch, where he goes, "Moon River," using the whole fist there, Doc. You know that kind. <laughs> that it's not like that. It's it's it goes part of the way in. So Snoop, to treat my psoriatic arthritis, uh, every I don't know, was it twelve weeks? I had to give myself an injection in the leg with a needle. Next time I'm due for it, I'll bring I'll bring my no, medicine to the studio no, and you can watch that. me do no, it. No, because my dad. Oh God, my, my oh, you made me sick. Not sick, but no, no, because my dad he has uh, diabetes and like my brother has diabetes. shots and mm-hmm. I, those I, insulin I, shots. Yeah, I feel like you know I can't like that. When I was growing up in North Carolina, uh, and I told you my my number one allergy was to ragweed. I had to give my own shots to myself, and you do it in the thigh. Just That's where I do mine, yeah, yeah my yeah, injection in the thigh. Boom, yep. Right there in the thigh. So um, so it, it, needles never bothered me really that much. It really it, it really didn't. I, ne- I never really uh, were that bothered I'm by it. I'm fine with shots. It's the, the, the you know, the, the IVs and getting yeah, blood yeah. and all that stuff yeah. that I'm like. That, where is it? Somebody on the spec stack line said, I, I think not a funny that uh, Snoop is treating his allergy medicine like a Panini Donruss pack break. <laughs> We're about so to unveil it here. Yeah, what? what'd you get? Uh, I have to, hold on, two seconds. Let me. I'll get it two seconds. Right back. Okay. Right all right. Back. So Snoop's going to do that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I know I, w- I was sitting in the uh, doctor's office waiting to go in when I heard uh, Snoop open the hour with the with the highlight montage. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks to Snoop for uh, for uh, putting that together, and uh, thanks to uh, Corey and Cole in the late night last night uh, culling all those highlights to get to Snoop so that he could put together nice. that uh, highlight montage. So thanks to those two guys as well. And, and and as you talked about at length in the first hour of the program, and I got to hear some of it while I was in the waiting room before I went in there <laughs> for the shot. Um, uh, yeah, it, it important on so many levels for Texas. One, to keep pace near the top, since the top three all won this week, and they're all 4-0 in the league. Uh, so there, there's that. Uh, the, I asked you know Rodney Terry, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll hear the conversation with Rodney this hour about a momentum thing, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he was probably asked something like that in the in in the main interview uh, press conference. Who all did they take into the interview room? Uh, Timmy and Jabari. And Timmy and Jabari. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, good, and I'm glad we got we visited with Dylan DeSue. So he, you know, and we'll we'll hear from Dylan about it as well. And I. I I had requested him because a we've talked to Timmy and Jabari a bit. We talked to Jabari. That's why I said when folks said none of the players had done any interviews since you know the news had come down about Chris Beard, and I said that's not true. A Marcus Carr after his forty-one point ever, and B I visited with with uh, Jabari Rice in Norman after the win over Oklahoma mm-hmm. when he had the big final five forty-nine of the game when he scored eleven. Well, he scored all fifteen of his second half his points in the second half last night, but. 
Uh, Dylan DeSue was a big factor in the game, as you pointed out as well, and that's why we visited with him. And there's, It's a very brief clip that we'll hear coming up, but still um, – uh, still pretty, pretty important. Now that I think about it, Jabari did the same thing against K-State. I think he had 16 for the game, and I think all 16 of them were in the second half. Yeah. So maybe if he just shows up late and just gets, gets to the arena and is ready to go <laughs> for the second half, then that's just that, that's the way to get the most out of him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. those weird deals. Yeah, yeah. It's, it works. I mean, it's, it, hey, you know, Vinny Johnson, the microwave, you know, come in there and heat up and, and knock down oh, some shots good. for you. But that's, you know, don't – I think I, I dealt with this in, on the in the flagship message board last night, blogging the game. Like I think people, especially in college basketball, they get too hung up on rankings. Like, well, we're yeah. ranked ahead of TCU. Why is TCU beating us, Craig? That's a damn good basketball team. Jamie Dixon has. Yeah. I forget they were they were preseason top ten, were they not? Yes, and they went. And, you know, I, I looked at you know when I got the broadcast chart, uh, I was looking at it, and Eddie Orn and were talking about it, and I said. And we even said it in the first pregame show. There's no mystery about these guys. You go down the list, it's all guys that we saw in the two ball games that Texas and, and TCU played last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's one or two. I mean, it uh, was it well, Rondell three, Walker the three because they had the the regular season and they played in the yeah, uh, quarters yeah. of the Big Twelve tournament. Absolutely, quarters. when when Texas had that forty to twenty lead in the first half in Kansas City, yep. And TCU came back to win that ball game. It's, it was uh, it was a flip. It was a it was a chapter of the Flip the Script Club, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. going back the other way. So, um, you know, they, it was a lot of the same cast of characters, only better uh, in talking to TCU's people about it. Eddie Lampkin has come by leaps. The most improved player in the Big 12 Conference generally agreed upon across the league is Emmanuel Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And and he had some moments last night, and they really kind of had to shut him down late in the game. Uh, you know, in the in the first half... Uh, Mike Miles, who's the preseason player of the year in the Big 12, scored 10. Scored six in the second half, but two were very late in the game. I asked Rodney Terry, and I said four. Uh, in fact, let's 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 hear this right now. This is uh, uh, this is uh, the conversation we had uh, with Rodney Terry after the ball game. There's something special about coming from behind wins, isn't there? Because it takes so much from your team to be able to come back from that down 40 to 22 under three to go in the first half to come all the way back. What does it say about your ball club? We would rather be ahead. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. We would rather be ahead, but you know what? I think early in the game we just kind of need to settle in. We had a great crowd, by the way. Came out and supported us tonight. Our students came out. You know, the city came out. And got behind us tonight. We really needed that, and we appreciate their love. But we started the game with too many turnovers. We were given turnovers, and they were scoring in transition. We weren't able to set our defense, and we just kind of need to settle in a little bit and everything. We, we rushed some shots early, and we kind of got stagnant a little bit. Where we didn't have much movement early on. Give them credit. They did a good job of stunning and taking our balls, and we knew it was going to be a game where we had to be strong with the ball, and we weren't early. But again, I give my guys a lot of credit. We're talking about working the game for 40 minutes. No one's going to come out and knock anybody out in the first five minutes or 10 minutes to the game. You just have to continue to work the game. And in the Big 12, it's going to be more evident than ever this season when you got to play it from start to finish. How about those efforts you got, especially in the second half, from Dylan DeSue and from Jabari Rice? Rice early on didn't come in with the kind of pop he needed, but the second half, he came in and gave us great energy. You know, obviously gave us great scoring. You know, Dylan came in and did a great job with his cutting around the basket scoring and then gave us some defense down there as well. So, you know, we were able to lock in and sit down and guard. I think we were a plus two on the glass in the game. You know, the turnovers were really big. 
big for us early was the biggest part for us. Roddy, talk about Dylan Mitchell. Last two games, you can see him coming around tonight. I thought he did the boards and he scored. He missed that one right at the bucket at the end, but I thought he's giving you a little more now. His motor, he's taking his motor to another level in terms of his activity on both ends of the floor. He's learning to use his length on defense. You know, he had Miller there in the clutch late in the game and had to try to sit down and get a stop. I mean, he's growing up right in front of our eyes right now on both ends of the floor and, you know, he's continued to get better and better and has an incredible attitude every single day. Mike Miles had 10 first half points. He had four in the second half. What was the difference in being able to slow him down, if not shut him down? His preseason player of the year, you're not going to come in and shut him down, but we needed to contain him. Our goal was to try to do a great job in terms of a team guard. We came out really aggressive early with ball screen coverage on him, and we had to switch it up a little bit. And then we tried to take him out a little bit late and make someone else make a play to beat us. Three and one in the Big 12. Now do you feel the momentum? Does this team feel the momentum of what's going on here? You get the back-to-back big wins? Well, I mean, you know, we had to work hard. And I tell our guys all the time, being at home is not enough. You got to come out and out-compete, you know, a really good team and a ranked team on our home court that wants to win as bad as we do. We've got to go out and do the things that it takes for us to be successful. And I thought we had a lot of grit and a lot of toughness in the second half. And I thought this game was going to be about toughness and grit. Toughness and grit. Uh, a, a big part of it, uh, clearly. And we'll hear a little later on from Dylan DeSue uh, about his contributions as well, and he echoed some similar sentiments there. But uh, important win, no doubt, uh, for the Longhorns in what is going to be a nightly grind in this league. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. I don't know if, if, if Eddie brought this up on the broadcast or not. Cause I'm always interested to hear Eddie's points of view watching it because he obviously views the game through a different prism than the rest of us do. Was it just because I talked in the first hour, Texas, after that first half, they needed to find a way to control the pace of that game. Mm -hmm. And you look at it, Craig, I went back and double-checked the possessions. I think Stoner, somebody texted in and was talking about possessions. Texas got more possessions in the second half. No, they didn't. They had 38 possessions in the first half, uh, .763 points per possession. In the second half, 35 possessions, but you're at 1.429 points per possession. Mm -hmm. So... It was shot selection, yes, but is it just a the is it, was it just a matter of making shots? I mean, I felt like this is what it boiled down to: Texas made shots, therefore kept TCU off the glass, therefore they didn't have chances to get out and run. Not as many chances as they had in the first half to get out and run and push the ball. Yeah, Eddie did address that, and he addressed it before the game about transition defense was going to be big, and and Rodney did as well. Uh, because they release awful lot yeah. of shots and get guys back in position. And, and and to be quite blunt about it, Texas was flat out getting beat back down the floor. A lot of that first half when TCU built that 18-point lead, they were just getting beat. They might, And then on top of that, when you're only shooting at one point, it was at 30%. It got to 38% by halftime. When you're only shooting 30% to 38% during that stretch, so you're missing a lot of shots, and it was one and duns and getting beat back down the floor. We said fast break points would be big and bench points would be big. Here was one number that really stood out to me, and this gets us toward Dylan DeSue. That we said bench points would be big. At the point in the second half, Jeff, where I think it was still a 14-point lead for TCU, mm-hmm. the bench points were 17-6 to in favor of the Horn Frogs. Look at the final bench points number there. I know Texas won bench points. Take a look at that final number there. It was 17-6 TCU. 25-17. 25-17. Texas outscored TCU's bench 19-zip from about that point on. 
And who was it? Well, it was Rice, and it was it was Dassault. Those guys did the the, the vast uh, uh, amount of the damage there. And in visiting with Dylan, we talked about uh, you know about his contributions inside the Texas locker room. Visiting with Dylan Dassault, who had such a big hand in this come from behind win for Texas, as Dylan tonight scored 14 points, seven of seven from the floor. You remember the last time you went seven for seven from the field? No, I do not. It's <laughs> been probably since I was in middle school. Yeah, and the competition was a little tougher. And I talk about what it took to get things. T- turned around from down 18 in the first half. Yeah, I mean, we knew that we had to play with more energy on defense and take better shots on offense, just trust each other more, because that's really where it started, that we were taking bad shots and they were getting nine and running on that. So it's hard to set your defense up when you're not getting great shots. So after we kind of figured that out coming down the second half, trusting each other and taking good shots, I think it kind of came together. And then the fans as well, like, it was ridiculous. That was the loudest I've heard since probably Gonzaga. It was ridiculous in that tonight, especially when Marcus hit that go-ahead three. I mean, the fans, man, just can't think of enough when you see somebody going up for a shot it looked like your anticipation if a shot was going to miss you're going to crash the boards anyway but it looked like you had a good read on a lot of the shots going up whether they were going to go in or not and so you could rebound if they were missed yeah i mean that's something that you get better at as you get older you start rebounding more you get taller you become more of a rebounder so i think that's just something that just comes with the game myself as a rebounder you just learn angles where balls are looking like they're going to hit off of where they're going to come off the rim so you kind of just learn that and get better at it as you go he said you'd rather play from ahead but what does it say about a team when you can come from behind like this to get a win yeah man we're not gonna quit nobody on this team is gonna quit we're not okay with anything less in first place this year i mean we want to win it all regardless of what's going on in the background yeah regardless of what's going on in the background and uh you know there's there will continue to be questions about what's going on in the background but this team continues to to move forward, not backward. So on the bench points, Dylan's wouldn't have counted towards bench points because he, he was a That's starter. That's right. That's exactly right. So you had Jabari's 15. Yep. And I, I can tell you the other two, the other four were massive because you had uh, Artero Morris mm-hmm. had that huge putback, that huge tip-in mm-hmm. where he and yep. Dylan Mitchell were playing like tap, trying to play tap-in yep. at the bucket. And then Christian Bishop had two free throws yep. when they made that run. Those were the other four because because the two because of the six in the first half, two were from Brock Cunningham yeah. on the jumper they made. So it, it's a good point there. So yeah, big big difference down the stretch. And they made those adjustments. They were able to get back and they hit shots in the second half. They were one for eleven at one point from three point range. I think they finished four of sixteen. So they hit three of their last five beyond the arc, none bigger than Marcus Carr hitting right. the three to give them the lead. They only took two. I, I didn't realize they only took two threes in the second half until I went yeah. back and looked at the box after yeah. the game. Yeah, uh, two for two from beyond the arc in the second half. I mean, they were nineteen for thirty-two from the field, and a lot of that was it was points in the paint. It was driving to the bucket, being assertive, being aggressive, either getting a bucket or getting fouled and getting to the line. Like you look at Jabari Rice, eight of his fifteen came at the foul line. And this was a guy that and he said he got fouled late again. Eddie goes, "That's who we want on the line." And he said, that, and, "And Jabari missed one free throw. He had been fourteen, no, sixteen for sixteen, I think, in conference play at the line before that miss, very late in the game, and then hit the second one. Was that the one with one where there was one yeah. second on the yeah, clock? Yeah, yeah, when it was seventy, when it was seventy-seven, it was seventy-eight, seventy-five, and then he made the second one. He made like, the second we're, one. We're done here. Why? Hey, I don't know if again, I don't know if you and Eddie got into this." Why did Jamie Dixon take that last time out with one second left? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess it was just basically. But I'm glad he did because, um, you know, 
Rodney Terry, well, Rodney probably said it in the prior timeout before the second free throw. Right. He took the timeout to say. Not anticipating that Jamie was going to use his timeout. Right. And, and, and I'm sure Rodney told the guys, whatever you do, let them do whatever they want. Don't touch them. We're up four points. Because in Oklahoma, he said the same thing and uh, with about four seconds left. And there was a foul, and, and, and Rodney about lost his mind. That was the most, the most animated I'd ever seen him. But I, I, uh, two of the assistants immediately said, we had one to give. We had one to give. And he was like, okay, all right. Because that, that was only the sixth team foul when that happened. But he had just got through saying in the huddle, whatever you guys do, don't touch them. Don't foul. We're up four. And then, of course, they did the foul. And then they inbounded midcourt. And then uh, – then, uh, uh, Jacob Gross hit that three-pointer that banked in there to make the final margin one point. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure the message was sent back through, don't touch these guys, whatever you do. Let them inbound. Uh, and and then after the second free throw went through, then Dixon calls the timeout. And it's probably just get it to somebody and see if you can draw contact. They got it to Miles. Took, okay. They that, backed off. He heaves it from three-quarter court. That's the only court, thing I can think of that yeah. made sense. See if you can get somebody to sucker into a foul, because I'm sure they saw on tape where Texas had fouled there, but they had one to give in the game in Norman. There they did not, and it would have been a 1-1. It would have been the 19 foul. It would have been a 1-1, one one. but if it's in the act of shooting and he hits a three-quarter court three, then it's in an American horror story. Or, or you can do the thing if you get three free throws, you make the first two, ball on the third, and hope for a tip-in. Absolutely. Uh, like somebody said, they said Jamie Wright is Jamie Dixon. Yeah. Uh, he took the time out just to be a Richard using an alternate Well, you know there. what? Listen, <laughs> let me also say this. Now, this was slightly different circumstances. In the women's game on Tuesday night, Brandon Schneider took a timeout, uh, advanced the ball to midcourt. In the women's game, inside the final minute, like in the NBA, you you can call off the dead ball situation. You can call timeout and advance the ball to midcourt. Mm-hmm. It's a rule I wish the, the college game would adopt. But um, uh, the men's game, I wish that they would adopt it. But anyway, he did it. And there were some fans booing about it. And then when they came out of the timeout, Vic took a timeout. Vic Schaefer will be on with us tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow <laughs> morning. But he wasn't doing it, to to bar your word, to be a Richard. He was doing it, I guarantee you, knowing both these coaches and seeing how Brandon Schneider, what he's done at Kansas. This is situational basketball. It's like almost in a practice setting, except you get to work against a real-life opponent. Let's inbound with four seconds to go and see if we can get a shot off, a shot to win, even though we're not going to win this game. I have no problem with that. And sometimes fans get, "Ah, this game's over! Yeah, they know it's over. It's a lot like in a football game. If you're you're down 17 points with a minute left, you know you're not going to win the game. But, hey, it's a chance for us to work on one-minute offense. Absolutely. You're working on something. So that's that's what the deal is there. Um, so there's a couple of things on the Specs text line before we get to the break. And, we have Stone, a and Stoner, Stoner corrected me. His point was about uh, the roles being reversed because TCU in the second half, Craig, with their inability to run, their inability to push the ball, it right. didn't move. And, and Texas, quite frankly, playing better defense, the ball didn't swing as much as it did in the first half. And they that's were correct. settling for shots early in the shot clock. Yeah, they did. It made it made a big it made a big difference. Or, or contested shots late in the clock. Um, Longhorn Bear uh, says, "Great call last night. Great game by DeSue and Rice." <laughs> Question: What did you tell your doctor that allowed you to get the allergy shot? I asked my doc, and he tells me to let my body fight viruses on its own, improve my immune system. My advice to you, Bear: Get a different doctor. I mean, it, that's silly. 
you can't you, your your body's immune system unless you start months out the way I understand this with regard to allergies to build up the resistance you got they were just they were telling me that it's the worst that obviously it's the worst that's been in this new year but the worst in two or three years yeah. these, the past 40 hours and I could feel it so um that's silly. They, you need to get the shot. You know, I hardly recommend that because I'm feeling better already. I, I can tell you right now. I, it, it takes a little time, and uh, and then and then the, all right. So what's it? What's allergy medicine that did you <laughs> okay, get? Okay, and, and then I I'd already like I already picked it up. And the only reason I did it is because it had more 180 milligrams of antihistamine. Okay, and I got the Allegra. I started saying it looks like an Allegra yeah. or a store brand. No, you didn't get the store brand. You got the 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 full it was expensive. Yeah, huh? it was a forty dollars. Yeah, but um, uh, how many cap caplets? Seventy. Are? Yeah, okay, one a day, Snoop. That's the twenty four hour <laughs> variety, isn't it? Oh yes. Okay, one, looking out because I was just about to take one now. Like one per twenty four hours. We don't need you doing like you did when you took a whole what was it a rail of the uh, a rail of the of the a, a of, bar uh, yeah, a bar a and bar. there was it was something a bar a bar of the um, Zan, uh, Xanax. Xanax. Yeah, I did a bar yeah, of a Xanax. Yeah. One, just one, okay? Because it'll make you all weirded out and okay. more so than you normally are. I mean, you know, real dr- drowsy and all that yes. other kind of stuff too. Or, it'll okay. it'll really It'll really affect you adversely if you do that. Uh, Snoop, one more thing. I know we got to get to the break, but Longhorn Bear says he uses Nasacort. I use Flonase. So if you need if you need something like you take your allergy medicine in the morning, you need something in the evening, just go with the little nasal spray. Just a little bit. Habit forming. If you're not careful with that, you got to be careful with the spray. Can be. I only go for the spray as a follow up, as a chaser on on really bad days. There you go. All right. Uh, coming People up. like that. It will really clear up the passages. Oh. It will. If you get hooked to it, uh, it can be habit forming. Okay. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll have our uh, Longhorn up. We have a we have a Flex Thirty update coming up as well when we continue to light the tower on the Horn 1049 AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. We're in spring training. Dion's with the Braves. I'm with the Expos. I'm at second. It's rolling you back to nineteen sixty five. Little Billy Joe Royal was down in the boondock. Um, Sonar says, Snoop, this is what my whole family's using, and there, there's a brand there. That's a store brand of Claritin. Somebody else says Zyrtec. I t- tried the Zyrtec. I did. I was on it yesterday, and my allergy was like, <laughs> you dare bring that in? It's like Dan Roundfield, the late Dan Roundfield, when he played for the Atlanta Hawks, and somebody brought in a shot, and he swatted it away, and he goes, don't bring that weak in here. So when I was working at KRLD, Brad Cham mm-hmm. would tell us if someone was, if he didn't like something we wrote or something, he goes Dan Roundfield. <laughs> would just say Dan Roundfield. Not don't like bring that. that weak stuff in here, you know that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, it, it worked. Uh, chances, don't you feel sleepy, Craig, after the injection? Chan Gailey, former Cowboys head coach. Yeah, there we go. Um, on the show. I do feel a little bit. A little sluggish, but 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 the show has its own natural um, stimuli, you might say, its own stimulus. So it it, it helps. It it offsets that a little bit. Plus, hey. I drank a coffee about the size of a water tower on my way <laughs> in. So, uh, 
I won't say what we were talking about during the break yeah. with Isaiah. Say uh, TMZ was in here, by the way. Chad and yep. Zay coming up at the top of the hour. But you know what else falls in the description of that Beatles album cover you were talking about? Yeah. How about the uh, 1989 Billy Ripken Fleer card? Oh, yeah. That had the, the FF error yeah. on the bat knob? Yeah. I had that on my desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got one in my office right now. We were talking about some rare collectible stuff, and I mentioned the Beatles... There's a return cup for the next for the next uh, coming out of the next break, uh, off of yesterday and today, and uh, I know music enthusiasts and uh, Beatle maniacs know this as well. When the album was re- it was an American release because it was basically a collection. What they used to do with Beatle Records, Capitol Records would issue a collection of songs that had already been released and had already been hits in England. So they released one. Uh, called Yesterday and Today, 1966. It was like an in-between album between Rubber Soul and, and Revolver, an American release. And it has like Day Tripper on it and, and, and several others on it, stuff that had been on earlier British releases. Drive My Car. Drive My Car, that's a good one, uh, off of that. So the original cover shoot, and it makes you wonder about who first – thought this would be a good idea. I know how, you know, I've read how the Beatles thought. They were just irreverent about everything. But who approved this? And it was, here was John, Paul, George, and Ringo sitting there in butcher smocks with hacked up baby dolls and and hunks of meat. And it just looked awful. And it got, about a half a million of them were released. And then they, they did this big recall or whatever, and people could trade it in, all this stuff. And uh, they were putting stickers over the rest that showed them in this real, uh, real uh, nondescript thing where they're all sitting around this big steamer trunk. And uh, but a lot of Beatle fans knew what they had, so they were using steam to steam off the sticker off the cover of that album. There you go. So it's a collector's item. It is off of that. So, uh, so speaking of collectors, yeah. Items. So you've got a couple different versions of that Billy Ripken card. You've got the FF. Yeah. There's a black box yeah. that covers it up. There's yeah. a black scribble. I think the white scribble is the rarest one. Okay. Of the of the efforts to cover up the error. If you could find the white scribble one, you're in good shape there. Uh, let's go to Flex 30. Here. Okay, yeah, sure. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Uh, Snoop, it's uh, most of the meat and potatoes of district play happens on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Occasionally you get a, a Thursday or a Monday yes. on those. Anything on the docket for Occasionally, tonight? but those usually pertain to soccer and baseball. Yeah, right. And then when you get in the playoffs. Correct. So yeah, tonight... I, quiet night? Quiet night for Snoop Daniel? <laughs> I, I, I am going to film soccer. It's the Governor's Cup up in Georgetown. You're going to shoot soccer? Yeah, I'm going video. to uh, video uh, mm-hmm. record some soccer tonight. Uh, Governor's Cup, a lot of big Austin area teams, but, but kind of their final non-district warm-up before they jump into district play. Uh, in a couple of weeks. And so. then tomorrow night, big district night again. Yeah, we're right, we're right back in it. Uh, uh, district Action, FLXATX.com. Big shout-out to my man, Derek Cohen. Uh, uh, he's really put in a, a bunch of – the whole Flex fam is, but uh, we'll keep you uh, posted with the hoops. FLXATX.com. All right, there you go. There's our Flex 30 update for this hour. Time for this hour's edition of The Notebook. Jeff House Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K. 
BowerSockTeam.com. Just a couple of football notes, and we'll get to the Dylan DeSue interview uh, here in a sec. But uh, get to Horace 24-7. Got that insider piece posted, the latest on the wide receivers coach opening. Also, Mike Roach has an update on Rashad Samples, which I know everybody, he's, he's a name that almost Texas fans immediately mm-hmm. thought of when the opening came. Uh, so there's all that. Uh, also, a little note on the special assistant to the head coach position that Sark has created. There's an Arch Manning note in there. So a lot of stuff. Uh, on the site at Horns 24-7 right now. And with Ishmael Ibrahim going into the portal, I just updated our, our roster uh, roster tracker, scholarship tracker at Horns 24-7. Ishmael Ibrahim's departure. We've got Texas 2023 signees, transfer commit signees, etc. We've got Texas right now right at 85 scholarships. Okay. All right, right at the number. And you know there's going to be post-spring attrition, so... Whatever, basically going forward with it's a it's one of those cycles where there are no there's no limit on initial counters. Basically, for every one Texas, everyone Texas gains out of the portal from here on out. That's one that that means some they're planning on somebody not being here after spring ball. Tells you how old I am when I can remember Rashad Samples playing for Pops at Skyline. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> a, a really good player. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. And I think I remember doing a playoff game between them and Round Rock when he was playing. So, uh, Coached by Emmett Jones, who now is yep. the uh, wide receivers coach at Oklahoma. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so uh, there is uh, your Longhorn Notebook. Oh, real quick, oh, Greg. Yes. I'm sorry. I have one more tidbit. We updated yep. our uh, – 2023 basketball rankings at 24-7 Sports, the top 150. Ron Holland up a few spots. uh, Number eight overall prospect in the country now. Okay. A.J. Johnson dropped one spot from 14 to 15, but still a five-star prospect. Ron Holland, where does he play? Duncanville. Duncanville, yeah. And they're playing a national schedule this year, a not-for-honor schedule because they're ineligible. That's what I was going to ask you And have the coaching change and everything. So, uh, by the way, I I did find out from some folks at TCU, that since David Peavy had resigned as head coach at Duncanville, he has been around a lot at TCU practices <laughs> with Micah. And Micah couldn't play last night. He had back injury. Yeah. So uh, he's been hanging out and hanging around a lot around there. By the way, one more quick note on Ron Holland. Uh, Adam Finkelstein, who does a really good job on the uh, – he's our director of scouting for basketball 24-7 sports. He thinks Ron Holland at this point might be the best two-way forward in the country in the 2023 wow. class. Mm. Just because he, his offensive game continues to evolve, but he said Ron Holland's ready-made right now to be a top-of-the-line defender in college. Wow. Hoping that he'll uh, stay with that uh – that commitment, the signing from with uh, University of Texas. And RT said the other day, as yeah. of right now, everything's good. So yeah. he played a really big role in those two guys coming to Texas, Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson. So Absolutely. We, we shall see. Um, that you probably heard this news uh, earlier, uh, Jeff, where our friend John in the Bay uh, uh, texted in about Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Derek Mason announcing he will not return next season to Stillwater. He wants to take a sabbatical from college coaching. That's what the word on the street is. College coaching, I think, is the key word. Yeah, there. maybe looking to get into the league. Uh-huh. Could tired, be. tired of dealing with the portal and whatnot. <laughs> it could be something like that. Tired of dealing with Mike Gundy. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond and Buffalo. Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy. 
taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, I heard Jeff mention this last hour, could not agree more. If you did not take the opportunity to upgrade your TV and home entertainment experience during the holidays, it's a great time right now. Things have just, you know, fallen off just a little tick, and that's uh, can get you in quicker with our good friend Tom McKay and Audiovisual Consultations to set up the home entertainment system of your dreams. And whether you're talking about 75-inch HD TV, bigger than that, maybe you're interested in the home theater setup, 90 inches up to 150 inches. Tom and his staff can handle all of that. They have the equipment, the expertise, and also the professional attitude, and the pricing is right as well. Tom's not raising his prices like a lot of those other businesses as well. You don't have to worry about uh, the mounting and the equipment and bracketing and all that. They handle all of that, and they do it with professional ease. Check them out on the web at the uh, www.avconsultations.com or give Tom and his staff a call today, 512-255-8678. Let Tom McCain Audiovisual Consultations help you realize the home entertainment system of your dreams. What if you could build a six-figure retirement income with almost half the money saved? You heard that right. Get a discount on your retirement, creating a six-figure income with 40% less than traditional 401ks and mutual funds. Hi, I'm Chris Wilbrat, best-selling author from right here in the Austin area, and I want to tell you about a new Hollywood documentary called The Baby Boom. Cover I was talking about, Jeff, with the... Uh with the uh, hacked up baby dolls and the uh, oh okay yeah and that's that's it Snoop I've seen it yeah they quickly changed off of that Capitol Records did Beatles didn't care you know it's like look we'll we'll do that whatever so Billy Ripken cared about the FF (laughs) I I bet he did I bet he probably cared I already like my big brother better. You know, he just he just now started like at autograph shows. He just now started signing that card. He really wouldn't, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even years. sign it. Yeah, but now See, he will. That's what they changed to afterwards. How how that's so innocuous funny. that is that, that they got. He's a great uh, uh, Billy Ripken. He's a great analyst. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, um, but that's it's that's what he's more known for. Snoop, yeah. is, not even Cal's brother. Just Dang. oh, you're the dude that had. F face on his bat knob in that on that baseball card. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> it was nice uh, there. Um, uh, as I mentioned, tomorrow uh, Vic Schaefer will be with us. Normally with us on uh, Thursdays at ten thirty, and uh, we rescheduled him for tomorrow. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll be there for that. We know uh, obviously. Uh, the memorial service in uh, paying tribute to the late Cliff Gustafson is this afternoon. Uh, that's at UFCU Dish Field. It's free admission, free parking there. That's going on there, and then uh, and it's uh, it, it's also being televised live by Longhorn Network for those who can't uh, make it out there for that. I heard uh, Ty Harrington on with the guys this morning talking about it again. I think Ty's one of the speakers. I think Keith Moreland's one of the speakers. Uh, I believe um, uh, Brooks Keeshnick, Zeke, I think, is speaking. And probably Zeke. Did I see that right? Yeah. I think all of those guys. Spike Owen, maybe? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll find that list real quick before we get off yeah. the air. Uh, so they'll, they'll be that. Snoop, um, uh, yes, uh, subject to change, Tommy Harmon, Burt Hooten, Keith Moreland, Brooks Keeshnick, Ty Harrington. There you go. All right. Um, uh, somebody says, oh, it's John in the bass. He says, come on, Snoop. Take the night off and hit the domain. 
couple double Tito's, couple half-eaten entrees, and some mingling with the ladies. Oh. That sounds, that like, sounds a, like a Snoop kind of evening, yeah. doesn't it? Snoop, you should go to the Maggiano's of the Domain. They give you a take-home meal with your meal. Really? Give you one to eat, one to take home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm about to explore that. this. Thank yeah. you. Did not know that. <laughs> yeah. It's a life hack. And for him, it'd be taking home two and a half meals Pretty because because yeah. he'd eat half of his meal, take that home along with the other one, which <laughs> would supply two more meals. So consider that, yes, if you will. So All right. Uh, we'll be back. With you tomorrow, stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll continue tomorrow here on Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM, 1260. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll visit with you tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock on Light the Tower. People who love-